This is the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today, Pastor CJ is back with a message called 2020 Vision. We need to write down the vision God gives us and make it plain. The vision God gives us may take time to process and develop, but make no mistake, it will happen if we wait for it. Let's focus on what God wants to do in us and through us in the year 2020. We hope you enjoy this message. I know I don't have a lot of time to jump into a lot of what I want to talk about today, but I want to give you the basics today. Uh, I I want to share with you a vision. Uh, As you know, Pastor Andrew talked about last week, 2020 vision. I was going to take that from last week, but obviously I was gone. So I want to pick up where Andrew left off at and call it 2020 vision. I'm a visionary people. I love the vision. I love the dream. They used to call me Joseph when I was younger. They still call me that because I love the dream. I love the dream. I love to see what's out in front of us. I always know that a goal or a vision or a dream gives you a sense of direction or a plan that you can start operating in. And if you have your notes, I'm going to jump right into it. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, Solomon, the wisest man on the planet, gives us a key or a nugget. He gives us his nugget or this key because it helps you to prosper or to go forward in life. I don't know about you, but you know what a rut means? A rut means that you're stuck. And a rut means that you're stuck in one place and you can't go. But I believe that a lot of times people are in a rut or they can't go forward is because they don't have a dream or a goal or a vision in front of them. But a dream or a vision or a goal gives you a point of contact or a sense of direction. So my heart is to encourage you to start dreaming again. But in Proverbs it says this, where there is no revelation or dream or goal or desire or hope or aspirations in your life, people cast restraint. In other words, they get bored, they procrastinate, they get uh, complacent, they get content, they get crabby, they get mad, they get upset. That's what that means. They cast restraint. Maybe maybe your spouse is maybe angry, upset, mad all the time. Maybe because he or she don't have a plan or a purpose or a direction in life. I hear a lot of times people say to me, Pastor, I'm married to him or her, but I just go through life. Life is just a routine. It's boring. There's nothing exciting in our marriage, exciting in our lives. There's nothing happening in my life. It's because maybe you lost direction, plan, purpose, and hope in your life. And if you have your notes, here's what it says. It says, listen, blessed is the one who heeds wisdom or instruction. So he says, listen, if you have a vision or a goal, or direction in your life, he's calling you blessed. And the reason he's calling you blessed is because you have something to aim for or something to shoot at, right? So if you have your notes, look at what it says. Studies tell us that we move towards what we consistently see. How I many you know that's true? That you move towards what you consistently see. Maybe whatever you make up in your mind, you start going towards that. Whatever you see in front of you, wherever your head turns, you're going to start going that way. You go towards what you consistently see. That's why it's important that you have the vision out in front of you and not behind you. That God wants you to keep walking towards those things that are ahead of you. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11, he says to Jeremiah, he says, Jeremiah, What do you see? Jeremiah said, I see an alm tree. And because of that, God said, you see correctly. And because he saw correctly, if you read that chapter in Jeremiah, Jeremiah was blessed. 
But my question to you is, if God would say to you today, what do you see? What do you see? Some of you will probably say, well, I, I don't know, I see the crack on the wall, or maybe you see just something what's in front of you, but you don't see maybe a dream or a goal or a plan or a purpose for your life. You just see what's naturally around you. You see me here on the platform, but that's not a goal. That's not a dream. That's not a desire. What you see comes from inward that all of a sudden is expressed outward. What do you see inward in your heart? What do you desire to happen for you? You see, listen, a vision gives people a plan and a purpose for life. You see, I always say that you plan your work and you work your plan. When you have a plan, you can work your plan. You can work it. But if you don't have a plan or a purpose or direction, guess what happens? You're like a dog always chasing its tail. And you wonder why you're wore out, discouraged, maybe depressed or defeated in life. Maybe it's because you're going around that tree so many times that you wore a path around that tree. And that's the only place you know to go. You see, you got to have it out in front of you. Listen, without a vision, people do not act upon whether it feels good. Without, without a vision, people do, and they act upon whatever feels good. So we go with whatever feels good. We take the path of least resistance. Whatever feels good and whatever is no opposition, no, uh, no strays, no pressure. But we'll look at this. But instead of what is right. Maybe you're walking down this path, but are you walking down this path because this is what feels good? Or is it really something that God is putting in your life? I love reading Hebrews 11. And obviously it came out of me today because that was one of my devotional times when I was gone. I was reading out of Hebrews 11. And the reason why I read Hebrews 11, it was a reminder to me to rekindle my faith, my dreams, my direction and plan and purpose in my life. And when you read Hebrews 11, you read about the heroes. And if you read about the heroes, it was by faith. By faith, they did this. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Enoch. All of it starts out by faith. In other words, by faith is a substance of things unseen, but things hoped for. So they had faith to believe that, God, you have something bigger and better for my life. And it was their faith that compelled them to move towards the promise in which God had for their life. I always say, a turtle never makes any stride until it sticks out its neck. And some of you are hiding in your shell. You're hiding in your shell. But the reason I loved reading Hebrews 11 is because they're called heroes of faith because they took a step of faith. They had a dream. They had a plan. They had a purpose. They had a, a meaning in life. And when you have that in your life, it gives you, a, man, a sense of energy, enthusiasm, and efficiency that works out in your life. I love it when Cheryl and I, we first started dating, Man, I'll never forget, we had dreams, and we had goals, and we had desires. And I'll never forget, I, I didn't have a car back there in my freshman year, so we did a lot of walking. And in our walks, we, we planned our life, not knowing at the time that she was going to be my wife, but we were just planning our lives, and we talked about how we wanted three kids and how we wanted to go into youth ministry and how we wanted to do these things. And you know what? Everything that we spoke, call those things as though they were, Romans 4, 17, guess what happened? They began to unfold because we had a vision in front of us. You know what? We didn't know that we were not going to be able to have children. Man, my wife and I, we, we didn't know that, man, she went and got examined, and they told my wife that you're not going to be able to have children. But God put it in our hearts that, Lord, you promised that we were going to have children. What's up with that? So Cheryl and I, we started to do the, the adoption papers, and we started writing out things for adoption papers. Matter of fact, 
back. We even opened up our home to become foster parents. And we had two Hispanic little boys in our home. And we had a little girl in our home. And we thought, okay, God, maybe we're going to build our family through adoption or maybe through foster caring, whatever the case may be. But you know what God did? We never lost sight of the promise or the vision for my wife and I to have children. I wanted it boy, boy, girl. Cheryl wanted it, excuse me, I wanted it boy, girl, boy. Cheryl wanted it boy, boy, girl. And you know what? God answered Cheryl's prayers. (laughs) But you know what? It was that vision that we wanted three kids. And you know what? One day, my wife, she goes to the doctor. She wasn't feeling well. Unexpectedly, we never lost sight of the vision. We never lost sight of the goal of having three kids. We never lost sight of one day becoming a youth pastor, then moving up to becoming a senior pastor. It always propelled us and gave us momentum or a drive to go forward. And so because we never lost sight of having three kids, one day my wife gets sick and she goes to the doctor. My doctor her doctor said, hey, um, I think you're uh, pregnant. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. What? Shock! All of a sudden, my son Rick came, and my son CJ came. And then you know what? We never knew, we never knew that we could not have any more children after our third one. But God put a dream and a vision in our heart for three kids, and it came to pass. Let me ask you something. What do you see? What do you see in your life? What do you see for you? We celebrate 2020. We celebrate, man, a new beginning, a new start. I always say yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, but today is a gift. You never know what tomorrow's going to bring, but you can live each day as a gift, as a blessing, as going forward towards tomorrow. But what do you see? If you don't see something, you have nothing to go towards. I love this. There are three parts to a vision. And this is on your notes. I love this. Number one, you got to define the problem. Define the problem. What is the problem? What is the solution? The next one is determine the solution to your vision. And the next one is this. Why now is the time to act? Why now is the time to act? Why, pastor, is the time to act? Well, God has laid out a vision for me. And over these next couple of weeks, wait until you see, we got a special speaker coming in two weeks. I'm going to tell you something, guys, you're going to want to be here, gals too. You're going to want to be here for our special speaker. It's going to be amazing. He's going to come in and blow this place up. I'm telling you, he's anointed. He's a powerful, mighty man of God. He'll be here two weeks. But in the meantime, I want to talk to you about vision, and God is unpacking in me a vision. We're going to be talking about building, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things. But in Amos, I want you to see something. How many of you know that as parents, you have to steer and direct and guide your family, right? And sometimes in steering and guiding and directing your family, your kids will rebel. They'll rise up against you. They'll even say the words, Mom, Dad, I don't like you anymore. Mom, Dad, I hate you. Mom, Dad, you're wrong. But it's not easy trying to maneuver three or four or five kids or how many kids ever you have. If you're like Molly Gaffney, she has 17. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Her and Greg have a full quiver. Amen. I'll tell you right now. Amen. You know what? The Bible says in Isaiah that he said, stretch forth your tents in the larger places of your heart. If you ever go to their house, they had 17 kids, and they kept enlarging their house. Amen. And then now you go to its beautiful, beautiful home. But he says in Amos, watch this. Surely the solvent Lord does nothing. Now watch this. Does Everybody say nothing. He does nothing without revealing his plan. 
So in other words, God doesn't do anything without revealing his plan. In other words, he makes known those things in which he wants you to walk out. He wants you to walk out those things in which you, he says, to his servants, the prophets. Well, who is the servants or the prophets? That's your pastor. That's your pastor in leadership. That's your pastor in leading and directing the people. That's the one that God speaks to, that God, I pray that, that, that I, I'm in prayer with God and in prayer with him and in his presence that he speaks through me. And not only does he speak through me, but he speaks in me and out of me. And I pray that you will trust me as your pastor to be able to lead the flock. So he says, I speak to the servant or to your prophet, to your pastor to lead and to guide the sheep, right? But then he doesn't leave it there. He says in Habakkuk, watch what he says. He says in Habakkuk, he says, can you get that? Habakkuk chapter 2, verses three, 2 and 3, you got that on there, Dawn? There you go. All right. He says this, then the Lord replied. Now watch this. Watch this now. Write the revelation down and make it plain on tablets so that a Herod may run with it. Now, in other words, he says, you have to make the vision visible. Now, if you're anything like me, I grew up with six sisters and a brother. And because we had a large family, my mother would do every night after we had gone to bed, she had taken a thing and she had put our names on it and and started from Rhonda all the way down to my little sister, Angela. And she would put our assignments that we had to do for the next day on the refrigerator. So what we would do is we would go to the refrigerator and I'd look up my name and I had to make my bed. I had to take the laundry out. I had to take the garbage out. And I had a checklist or a vision or a plan that my mother laid out for all of us to follow. And what happened was, because she had it written out there, it made things easy for my family to walk it out. And so what happens is what God is saying is the vision has to be made plain or clear so that we can all walk it out. We said we can walk it out. How many of you know that there's strength in numbers? And not in February, because in February, we're going to call it love in the house in February. Watch out. We're going to have the kissing cam in here. We're going to have some fun times. Wait, you think I'm not playing? Yeah, you might be sitting by your girlfriend, Levi. I'm going to pick on you today. You have to kiss your girlfriend on screen. Amen? We're going to love in the house. But in April, March, April, you know what we're going to do? The power of one. We're going to talk about the power of one in April. And how many of you know that, man, that when we all come together in unity, in one accord, there's no limit to what we can do for the glory of God? Amen? Amen? But he says, now write it down. Now watch this. Now this is so cool. Verse 3. He says, for the revelation or the vision, it says, await an appointed time. In other words, there's a appointed time for things to happen. There's an appointed time for things to take place. It doesn't just happen overnight. Sometimes we get upset with God because, God, why isn't it happening? God says, because it's not the appointed time. Sometimes things take longer than others. If you're like a farmer, a farmer plants a seed in the ground. And you know what he does? Every day after he plants a seed in the ground, if he's like my grandfather, he prays for that seed. You know why he prays for that seed? That, God, it will germinate, it will grow, it will produce crops because, Father, that's how I make my living. And so listen, what a vision is, a vision is planting seeds in the ground and watching God use you as the farmer to make it happen. So he goes on to say, he says, an appointed time, go go back, go back, go go back to where you are. He said, appointed time, it speaks of the end and will not prove false. 
So in other words, God said that his promises are what? Yes and amen. And his promises will not return void. That's what the word of God said. So maybe if God's spoken to you and has given you a promise, maybe some of you have given up on your promises. Maybe some of you have let go of those things because God's forgot about it. God never forgets about his word or the promise and what he says to you. He doesn't give it back. Take it away and give it to you and take it away. God said his gifts and his calling is irrevocable. In other words, what he gives to you, he gives to you to wait for the appointed time. You know, maybe a dream that you had maybe 10 years ago hasn't came to pass yet, but maybe, just maybe, tomorrow could be the appointed time. Maybe, just maybe, your miracle can happen right now. It could be the appointed time. If you're anything like me, I'm such a curious person, I can never quit because if I quit, I'll never know what's on the other side. And because I always want to know what's on the other side, that's what drives me to keep going. But if I ever quit, I'll never know what's on the other side. And maybe some of you have quit. And maybe God's saying, wait a minute, it's time to start expecting again. It's time to start believing again. It's time to raise up your faith again because the appointed time could be now. Somebody say amen. amen. God never gives up on his dream. But he goes on to say, now watch verse 3. He says, though it lingers. You know, there's two types of things that people love about God. God moves in two ways. God moves in two ways. Now I want you to hear this. God moves in the gradual. The gradual means it takes his time. It's the process in how God moves. And a lot of times in the lingering or the gradual, we don't like that. We don't like that. But the second way God moves and how we love it as people, we love the suddenlies. That God, I don't like the graduals. Man, God, just get to the business. Get to the point. I want the suddenly to happen in my life. And you know what? Sometimes, man, we appreciate the lingering because when we see the miracle starting to unfold and transpire, it gives us encouragement. But a lot of times what happens with the suddenlies, the suddenlies are like fireworks. Poof, they make a big noise. They light up the sky. They're pretty. But then you know what? Then you move on to the next thing. But sometimes God does the lingering in your life to help you to appreciate the miracle and the growth of the miracle, the process of the miracle, that when it happens, you can say, man, this is my story. This is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day long because he did a great thing in my life. Though it linger, I will not quit. Though it doesn't come to pass, I'm not going to give up because God is in the business of growing, producing, and processing things in my life. And he goes on to say, it will certainly come, and it will not delay. So I want to encourage you. What are you thinking? What are you dreaming? What are you believing for, for 2020? Some of you are just glad that 2019 is over because you had a hard time. So you're just entering into 2020 with no dreams, no desires. But then he goes on to say, I love this. In 1 John, in Joshua chapter 1, listen to what the people say. Now, God gives the vision to the pastor, to the staff, to the board. We collaborate together. We come together on things. But then he said, write it down, and over these next few weeks, you're going to hear a lot of things of what's going to take place in the church, where we're going, what we're doing. But we can't do it with just me, the board, and the staff. Right. We have to do it with you. Right. And sometimes in the vision, sometimes in the planning, you're going to be like your kid. I don't like what pastor's doing. I don't like what they're doing. But you know what? God didn't call you to the vision. 
How many of you ever had this happen to you? That maybe you had people talk about your parenting. Man, he or she, they're worse parents. And what happens? You get mad. Or you have to correct your kids because they're doing something that you don't like. What happens is sometimes what happens is you may not like some of the things that the church may be doing, but you know what? The church is just not you. It's us. And sometimes you have to do things for the betterment of the church and not just you. And so whenever I do a sermon or whenever I'm with people, or whatever, I have to say, what is this for me? What is this for them? And how can we move forward? Do you get that? What is it for me? What is it for them? And how can we move forward? You see, what holds back a vision or a dream is if we're not all on the same page. You know, I people always say, Pastor, you're not concerned about, man, this, that, and the other thing. All you're concerned about, and this one hurts me, I really tell, tell you the truth. Uh, they say, all you're concerned about is numbers. Humbug. That's not true. If I was concerned about numbers, you think I would have came to Siren of 806 people? I'm concerned about souls. Now listen, watch this. Whenever you get in the mind of mindset for the souls or for the harvest, automatically souls or numbers are going to come. Because Jesus said, now watch this. He says, Phil, if I be lifted up, Jesus, what does he say? If you be lifted up, I will draw all men and women from the earth. So guess what? You can't help but drawing people to the church when God is being lifted up because he's the flagship of who we are. And if we can't lift up the name of Jesus, we're going to repel the people instead of have them come into the church. So, man, you bet I'm concerned about numbers because every number that comes into the church, it's another soul that's coming to the kingdom. And if Jesus wasn't concerned about the numbers, why did he leave the 99 and go after the one? And you might have been the one that he left the 99 with. So I'm not concerned about numbers. I'm concerned about souls. So look at what they say in Joshua. He says, then they answered Joshua. Watch this. This is so cool. Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. So in other words, they were in one accord. The power of one. Whatever we will do. And whatever you send us, we will go. She's fast. We will go. Now watch this. Now go to 17. Now watch this. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, how many of you know it's better to obey than to sacrifice? She, so we will obey you. Now here's the key. Here's the key. Now you can keep me. What happened here? What are we doing? Whatever. Dawn, we love you. Amen. I thought maybe I had something on my nose or something. Amen. Hallelujah. I was going to be a land shark, man. But watch this. Only, now watch, this is so cool. Only may the Lord your God, where'd it go? All right, Dawn, now you got to go back to 17. I don't know what you're doing. But only may the Lord your God be with you. Amen. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he has with Moses. So in other words, what they did, they came together in one accord. 
You know my vision, and I'll talk about it. I'm going to unpack it, man, these next few weeks. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Joe, get ready. But you know what was happening? They were all in one accord. And there's strength in numbers when we all come together in one mind, one body, one spirit, lifting up one Lord. It's not about me. It's not about my wife. It's about him. And there's no limit to what we can do as long as we don't mind who gets the credit. And I'm going to tell you right now, do I want to conquer these communities? Absolutely. Do I want to go after this meth houses? Absolutely. Do I want to go after the people that are in drugs? Absolutely. Do I want to go after the city officials or the village people? Absolutely. And I'm not talking about YMCA. I'm talking about the village people of our community that they know and they sense and they feel Jesus in their lives. I'll tell you, I close with this. Being that I'm in school right now with basketball, it has been so cool. They all know who I am. It's pretty cool. I have to really bite my tongue when I'm on the bench. Because there's that preacher man with the three-piece suit, the two-tone shoes, and the tie to boot. Says, if you're not born again, don't stall. Come down as I give the altar call. Yeah, right. You don't know that either, right? But you know what's so funny? I know that every time I step foot on the basketball court and sit on that bench, I'm being watched. And you know, not only am I being watched, but I'm also watching my conduct. Because I know that people see Jesus through your actions, words, and demeanor. So I know. So one day, there's a JV game, and so I'll just, we're in a small gym here, right over here. And to my right, man, I'll never forget. To my right, one of the mothers of our JV team just started unleashing the beast. I'm going to tell you, and it wasn't you, Rachel. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. I mean, she started unleashing the beast. And you know what? It couldn't have been the most perfect timing. As soon as she was unleashing the beast, I turned my head to the right, and her and I got eye contact with me. And you know what she did? She went. <laughs> and you know what I did to her? I said, I love you anyways. <laughs> you know what, folks? Listen. We have a mission, and the appointed time is now. And your pastor, over these next few weeks, are going to unpack a dream. A dream. We have some people in here that are pregnant, and you're carrying a birth for nine months. I'm carrying a vision. And every time when that mommy gives birth to that son or to that daughter, guess what they do? They have a baby shower. You know what that baby shower is intended for? To help in the expenses of raising that little one. Man, getting the diapers, getting the clothes, getting the bottles, getting the formula. All these things to help fray some of the cost. In other words, to take some of the load. Your pastor's having a baby. And I need you. I close. And I really do. I remember when I first started down this journey for God. And I remember being in the, the girls' chapel there in North Central. And this dream was bigger than me. 
and always was scared. God, I, I can't do this. Matter of fact, my wife, when we were pastoring in Watertown, South Dakota, this dream was so big for my wife and I that my wife got in the car there in Watertown, South Dakota, got in the car and started to leave. And you know why she was leaving? Because the dream was too big. And she got to the bridge where you go under the bridge there, leaving out of South Dakota. And the Lord spoke to her, said, Cheryl, if you go past that bridge, there's no point of returning. And my wife stopped the car there in Watertown, South Dakota, pulled over to the shoulder and started crying, said, God, I'm not good enough. I'm not big enough for this dream. You see, dreams move you. They compel you. They motivate you. They drive you. They keep you up at night. That's what God wants to do in you. But one day, when I was in that chapel, the Lord began to put a song in my heart, and many of you probably know it. I'm going to dream big dreams, accomplish great things, Climb many mountains for God, for I can do anything through him who gives strength to me. I'm going to dream big dreams for God. Come on, stand with me now. I'm going to dream big dreams, accomplish great things. Climb many mountains for God. For I can do anything through him who gives strength to me. I'm going to dream big dreams for God. I want to pray over you today. And here's my prayer. Levi, I'm picking on you all day. But Levi, rekindle your dreams. Don't lose them. Don't lose them. Pick your chin up, my man. Pick your chin up. God has something special for you, and you have to see it. You have to see it. You walk it out. Don't put your head down low. Don't look at yourself this way, that way. You look at yourself through the lens of God. You are special. And he's got great things for you. You are qualified for each other. You two are a dynamic duel. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Let me pray over you. Let God kindle the fire in you. What are you looking for? What are you dreaming for? What are you hoping for? Life is more than what you are right now, and God wants you to go after it. Get out of the rut. Get out of the place of stagnation. You're becoming the Dead Sea. You're becoming stinky, stale, and stagnant. God says, no, I've come to give you life, and life more abundantly. God wants to speak life into you today. I want to pray over you right now that God will put the seeds of greatness in you, that that will flourish in you, that the dreams will come alive in you, that we will be a church that will touch the community, you will be a church that will touch your workplaces, that we will be a church that touch the establishments wherever we go. Let me bless you today. Father, I speak right now seeds of greatness in every individual here right now. 
Sure, we're walking into a new year, a new beginning, but what are we walking into? Do we have any plans? Do we have any goals? Do we have any dreams? Do we have any desires? I pray right now that, Father, in the name of Jesus, that life will be spoken to every household right now. Newness, hope, Lord God, will be restored. Every household, every broken hardships and relationships and families that are going through struggles, right? I speak peace and joy and love into every household right now. Father, I pray that we will be a church that touches you, touches one another, and touches our community. That, God, you will use us for your glory, for your honor. Bless these individuals, and may they dream big dreams for God. For we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And come on, let's give the Lord praise. Amen. 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 Dream big dreams. God bless you. Have a great day. Go pack go, right? Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.